Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. While you remain standing, I want you to begin to appreciate God that this is the sixth month of the year. The Lord has been faithful to you. I want you to think back right from January up to this time. By his grace that you are saved. So begin to appreciate him. Thank him. And give him all glory and all praises. Because he is the one that has allowed you to be alive. So many things have happened. God has delivered you. He has saved you. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. Begin to appreciate God. For what he has done in our life. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. While you remain standing. Thank you, Jesus. We have a few minutes to appreciate God for what he has done in our life. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my very
Heavenly Father, once again, we are going before you. This is time to hear from you. Exact words that you want us to hear this afternoon. Father, that you will speak it into our mind in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. A Sunday school teacher, a Friday school teacher, now let me put it in the context of where we are here, was so proud about our lesson for the day in one of the children's classes. She thought she has presented a very good material for the children that is quite nicely. And that encouraged her to ask the question from the children. And she says, and what do we learn from the story of Jonah and the great fish? She asked the children. And one eight-year-old girl said, we should always travel by air. The teacher asked why. Said, because when you travel by sea, the fish is there. So when you travel by air, you will avoid that. But the teacher said, there are many things we can learn from the story of Jonah that is even more than travel by air or travel by any other means. Mind you, if you travel by air and you disobey God, he has a way of taking care of you. Who knows whether there will be another big bird in the sky. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So what am I trying to say here is that there is need for us to be on the same page with God. When God sends you a mission, he's going to stand with you. He's going to stand by you. He will never disappoint you. We have been given assignment this year, and the assignment is to harvest into the kingdom of God. This is almost half of the year. What have you done? Are you in the same page with God on that assignment? So today we will be looking at the lessons from Jonah. That is my topic today, lessons from Jonah. I remember clearly here my first message here has to do with Jonah. But that was only in chapter 1. Only in chapter 1 of Jonah. But I will briefly remind you about what I said in that message. Very briefly, we see three things from Jonah that affect us when we run away from God. Because Jonah was trying to run away from God. And the first thing that happened to you when you are trying to distance yourself from God is that you will make a wrong decision. If you look at Jonah 1, 1 to 3. Jonah made a wrong decision. And that landed him in trouble. That is one thing that will happen to you when you are distancing yourself from God. When you are running away from God, that's one of the things that will happen to you. You might be thinking you are wise, but brethren, I'm telling you, you continue to make wrong decisions. Jonah made wrong decisions. Rather than going to the, uh, to the east now, he decided to go to the west, opposite direction. So that's one of the lessons we learn from Jonah when he ran away from God. When you are distancing yourself from God, you are running away from God's purpose. And when you run away from God's purpose in your life, that means you are running away from the source of wisdom and truth. That's another thing. Because Jonah has run away from the presence of God. He has run away completely from the purpose that God has called him. Praise the Lord. And when you run away from God, when you distance yourself from God, it will affect people that are around you. If you remember that story clearly, when Jonah ran away from God, instead of going to Tashish, 
And to Nineveh, he decided to go to Tarshish. And we know what happened when the storm came in. The merchants, they have to throw their goods into the sea. Now, who, who will pay for that loss? You think there was an insurance in those days? When you run away from God, people around you will suffer it. It will affect people around you. Praise the Lord. So, brethren, whatever God is telling you, whatever assignment that has been given to you, are you really doing it? We have been asked to harvest this year. If you have commenced the harvest, if you are on the feed already harvesting, you are in Nineveh. But if you are not doing it at all, you are in Tashish. So, we all knew what happened when Jonah was on that ship. The storm was raging, and they have no option. He even suggested to them, throw me into the sea, and the sea will be calm. And truly, he was thrown into the sea, and the thing became calm. And God has prepared a fish to give him a self-contained apartment in his belly. For good three days and good three nights, Jonah was there praying to God. He was praying. What situation are you now? Maybe the situation you are now is your own belly, yourself in the belly of fish. That situation might be Brethren, I want you to begin to think and appreciate God. If you look at Jonah's prayer, he was actually telling God what he has done. He was appreciating him. So don't think that the situation you are now, God does not like you. The God will not shine unless it's passed through fire. Praise the Lord. And I want to tell you that irrespective of the situation you are, God is ready to clean you up. Maybe there's something you are doing. Maybe there's something you involve yourself on. And you are thinking that, no, God cannot send me. God cannot use me. Brethren, I'm telling you, if God can clean Jonah up, he can as well clean you up. Let's look at it this way. The fish swallowed Jonah and vomited him somewhere, very close to where God has asked him to go. Now, I, I, I don't know if many of us we have seen when animals gave birth to, to any of the offspring. We see how they look like. Now, who cleaned up Jonah when the fish vomited him? This is telling us that no matter how dirty we are, before God, when God call you, when God give you an assignment to do, he's going to clean you up. Praise the Lord. So Jonah was not on the same page with God. He wasn't on the same page with God. That's why he ran away. I'm asking you today, are you on the same page with God? As we go through this lesson from, jo from Jonah... I want you to begin to think with yourself that am I on the same page with God? Praise the Lord. So let's look into whatever I've explained very briefly now is in line with the um, book of Jonah 1 and 2. And you see, when after the fish vomited uh, Jonah, very close to where God sent him, the same thing that God told him, the same thing that God asked him to go, he said, go to Nineveh. So our God is God of second chance. That's another lesson from there, from Jonah. God will always grant us second chance. But there's limit. There's elastic, elasticity limit. We all know that. Don't think that God will keep giving you chance. There's limit to that. Praise the Lord. Our God is God of second chance. 
And God's plan never changed. Look at it. In case of Jonah, God has no plan B. God should have decided that, okay, let me send another person to, 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 to Nineveh. But God has no plan B. That might be the assignment God has given you also. God may not prepare any plan B. You are the plan, and you must fulfill it. And Lord, we help you in Jesus' name. And we help me in the mighty name of Jesus. As a reminder, the Lord has a case against city and nation of Nineveh. Because of their wickedness, when you read the book of Jonah, chapter 1, you will see that God was actually against that city because of their wickedness. At the end of the day, you will discover that this city repent. They repented. But when you look at book of um, Nahum now, if you read book of Nahum, you will discover that in the book of Nahum, again, this city went back to their vomit. Your case will not be like that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, like I said, God has no plan B. Jonah must go to Nineveh. He told him the second time that he need to go there. And finally, Jonah arrived at Nineveh. That's after the journey, like um, when somebody journeyed, like a journey of, uh, from here to Salala within Muscat. That is possible. Somebody wants to go to Dasit here. Then he is standing where I'm standing. He used to go to Dasit. Then he decided to go through Krum. From Krum, he took the express. Then from the express, he linked Sib. From Sib, he began to come to this direction. And from there, he proceeded to not Matra before he finally turned back. That's the kind of journey that Jonah embarked upon. But God make it simple and make it shorter for him. By allow that big fish to swallow him up and landed him in that particular place that God wants him to go. Praise the Lord. So what happened when Jonah got to Nineveh? Jonah three brother. And the, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of Praise them. Praise the Lord. Thank you. That's, we all know this story. As I go along, please, when the time comes, you have to read it. Jonah went to this city. He preaches. And repentance took place. Is that not amazing? Let me remind you, when Jonah was thrown overboard into the sea, what happened? The sailors also, they repented. That's another lesson there. The sailors repented because they appreciated that this man actually worshipped God Almighty. He worshipped true God. So, brethren, before I continue that story, God can call you. God can ask you to do something. Don't run away from God. Don't think that God can never call you. You remember Moses. Moses couldn't speak very well, but God did not care about that. God was not bothered about that. God was ready to use him. So anytime that God calls you, or God is telling you, brother was telling us here that a spirit asked him to move sideways. If he has waited 
Another one second, only God knows what will have happened. God might be telling you something. God might be asking you for certain assignment. Don't disobey. Don't think you cannot do it. I want you to remember this character in the Bible. Noah was a drunkard. God used him. Abraham was old. God used him. Jacob was a liar. God used him. Moses, like I said, had a stammering problem. God used him. Gideon was afraid. God used him. Samson was a womanizer. God used him. Jeremiah and Timothy, they were thinking they are too young. God used them. So, children, I'm happy that you are here. You are not too young. God can use you. Amen. All you need to do is to listen. Samuel was very young. God used him. Rahab was a prostitute. God used him. David had an affairs and he was a murderer. God used him. Naomi was a widow. God used him. Peter denied Christ. God used him. And Martha worried about everything. God still used her. Mary Magdalene was demon-possessed. God used her. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. God used her. Zacchaeus was too short. God used him. Saul was a persecutor. God used him. Lazarus was dead. God used him. I believe you are not dead. Praise the Lord. God can use you. No more excuse. God is waiting for you to use you. You are not the message. You are just the messenger. When he sends you, he's going to support you. When he sends you, he's going to back you up. You are just the messenger. Now let's go back to Jonah. Jonah was just the messenger. In Vastiri. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. According to the way God has directed him. He went there. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. Read from verse 5, brother. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of Praise them. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, I want you to realize something here. When Jonah was giving that message, I think go back to verse 3. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. Verse 4. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That is where I'm going. Jonah was very blunt and very straightforward to the point. No preamble. No, he, he did not parambulate. There is nothing like saying he's talking sideways. He was telling them, you only have 40 days. The Nineveh shall be overthrown. He shall be destroyed. He shall be destroyed. Only 40 days. He was very blunt in his message to that town. Brethren, if someone is giving that kind of message now, what will you think will happen? People can mob him. He can be attacked. That what kind of pronouncement are you pronouncing against our city? But the Ninevites, they never look into that direction. They never see that differently. They sober immediately. Instantly, they begin to feel it. That means they know the kind of God that Jonah was talking about. And what happened? Immediately, they begin to repent. Even after the king, every one of them wears sackcloth. They wear sad look. That's a lesson for us. The lesson to listen to God. The lesson to listen to the message. When the messenger is telling you, a time is coming that that opportunity will not be there again. Nineveh was told that in 40 days, just 40 days, they will be overthrown, they will be destroyed. 
Praise the Lord. And the king arose under the threat of God and the condemnation that God is telling them what he's going to do. They saw things differently. When you hear from God, are you seeing it differently? Or you just think that that is just message as usual? No. The king decreed. Read from verse 9, brother. Or verse 5 to 9. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and sackcloth. Even the king dishonored his royal garments because of what Jonah have said. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast. Let neither man or beast. Even with the animals there. We continue this fasting and prayer here. Like I said last time, what we know is to how to pray fast, not to fast and pray. Herd nor flock, taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water. Verse 8, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way. He gave them instruction on what to do. The king gave them instruction on what to do. And the people obey. That let everyone begin to call on God for mercy. Go ahead, brother. And from the violence that is in their hands. Verse 9. Who can tell if God will turn and repent? And turn away from his first anger that we perish not. We can say two things here. One is the faith, and one is repentance. This city of Nineveh experienced these two things. They have the faith that when they call upon God, the Lord will relent of his anger over them. And again, they believe that, they, 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 again, they repented. I pray that whatever has been keeping you from turning to God's side, it will vanish in the mighty name of Jesus. And what happened? God God sympathized with them. Verse 10. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. You will receive the mercy of God in the mighty name of Jesus. This city received the mercy of God. It's a lesson. When you do the will of God, you will receive mercy of God. Praise the Lord. God has mercy upon that city. Lamentation 2, 22 and 23 says, It is the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed, because his compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is that faithfulness. You know the song? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy shall never come to an end. They are new every morning. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is the faithfulness. Great is the faithfulness. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Great is the faithfulness. Praise the Lord. This city received the mercy of the Lord. They received this mercy when their least expected it. They received this mercy when they did not even deserve it. God still loves you. He loves me also. You can receive his mercy. Even when, we don't, when, you, are not, when, when you don't deserve it, you can receive it. Our God is God of mercy. If God should look at our sin, we cannot stand. But he is God of mercy. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now we move to chapter 4 to see what the event that happened in chapter 4. But before then, let me tell you this illustration. There's a new resident of a certain community. He was walking down the street and noticed a man struggling with a washing machine. The man was struggling with the washing machine on the doorways. When the new, then the newcomer volunteered to help. The homeowner was overjoyed. He was happy. The two men began working on the bulky appliance. One from inside and one from outside. After several minutes of fruitless effort, the two of them stop and just stare at one another out of frustration. They look as if they were on the verge of giving up. And finally, they cut their bread and the first man said to the homeowner, we will not get this machine inside that your house. Then the homeowner replied, I'm trying to move it out. You can see, when the man really want to help, both of them were struggling. Why the owner wants to move it out, the man thought he's moving it in. So these people, they were not on the same page. They were walking differently on the same page. Agree? Jonah ran away from God. He was not on the same page with God. Okay, he came back to the same page with God, right? Ask yourself, are you on the same page with God? <laughs> you know the answer. Jonah has preached. He has preached in Nineveh. And people have repented. A great revival, more than 120,000 people saved. That's, that, that was a great harvest. And this pleased God. But what happened to Jonah? Jonah again moved away from the page that he was with the God. <laughs> so we pick the story, Jonah 4, 1 to 3, brother. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. You see, it displeased him. And he was very angry. You see, then why did he go to Nineveh to preach? He was not pleased with that. Go on, brother. And he prayed unto the Lord. And said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. How funny is that? After everything that Jonah has done, again, he began to complain. He was not happy about that. You see, brethren, in those days when we used to go to cinema house, I like when story ends that the good guy win, the bad ones suffer, and uh, sometimes you see the hero of the film go with a beautiful girl and they all disappear. So I like the story that ends up in that way. And I believe many of you also like that kind of story. If you read the book of Jonah, if Jonah has ended in chapter 3, that should have been a very good, the lovely story. But again, because we need to understand the type of person Jonah was. Jonah was not happy upon everything. Chapter 1 to 3 gave us a very good story. And that we can praise Jonah. From this verse 1 to 3 that we have read, I know many of us, we might be condemning him immediately. After all the effort you have made, again, again, you are not happy. Everyone would think that Jonah would be happy. But Jonah was not happy. He is angry that to the point that he's even ready to die. 
But God is God of mercy. He knew the type of person, the God that he served. That's why he mentioned in that verse 1 to 3. He know that he is a passionate God. He's a merciful God. He's God that can forgive. Praise the Lord. But at the same time, he's angry. If you, I'm sure if you give message to a certain city and you make another call and the, West, the whole city move to accept Christ, you will give glory to God. Right? But this Jonah was opposite that direction. He was not happy. Now, if you take one and two together and bring three to join it, you will now realize why Jonah was reluctant to go to Nineveh. Because he wants that city to be perished. He wants that city to be destroyed. That is why he refused. Because he should have been happy that God is gracious, God is a compassionate God, he's slow in anger, he has everything abundant, he's loving kindness. He knew that God could forgive, but Jonah had a different idea. And God said, one thing I want you to realize is that God will always be God. Jonah is not God. That's why in the book of Romans 9.15, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. compassion. You cannot dictate to him. Even though when you pray, God destroy my enemy, God destroy my enemy. God knows the time to do whatever he wants to do. You can't dictate to him. Praise the Lord. God does not need your permission. He does not need your blessing before he takes step. He is God. Let's look at the question that God asked Jonah in verse 4. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. Praise the Lord. I read from King James Version now, New King James Version. Then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Do you realize that Jonah never answered that question? Rather, he moved out of the city. He moved out of the city. He never answered that question. Do you know why? No, I don't know. But because he was angry. He never said anything. He just picked his whatever he has and he moved on. From verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. And there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. Praise the Lord. Now, even though Jonah has realized that God is not ready to destroy that city, but he still has it in his mind that I'm sure God will still destroy these people. He moved out of the city. I'm sure he looked for a very high place, a very high place and sit so that he, he will be in the front row to see when the fire is coming down to the city of Nineveh. He actually want that city destroyed. So that is why he, he, he made himself a boot. That is something like a hut to stay. So that he has a very good view of how the city will be destroyed. Read on, brother. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head. Can you see the mercy of God again? Can you see? After God asked him, is there any reason why you are angry? He did not answer that question. He went away and made a boot. And God did something for him. He allowed a plant to grow so that it can be covered. Whatever you do, God is there to have mercy on you. That is a lesson that God is always merciful. You might be doing something that is, you are thinking in your mind that this is not in line with God. 
but your job, your work, everything is still growing. That is mercy of God that you are still receiving. You might be doing something that you cannot present to everyone that is only within you. God still answer your prayer. That is mercy of God. That's the kind of mercy that Jonah received from God. Read on, brother. To deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the God. You see, now he was happy. Because God appointed a plan over him to shield him. Then he was happy. So when you do that secret thing, and you pray, and God still answer your prayer, it's through the mercy of God that you have this. Praise the Lord. Read on, brother. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and he smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass, when the sun did arise, that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted. The almighty God is the king. He does what pleases him. You cannot dictate to him. He made the summer. He made the winter. In the Middle East, here, while we are feeling extremely heat up here, in the northern part of America, what happened there? Extremely cold and part of the Europe. It's the same God. He can send down rain to Rui and it may not rain in Kurum. He's the same God. He's unquestionable God. You cannot question him. Praise the Lord. Despite the fact that he has allowed the plant to grow to give Jonah comfort, again, he sent another worm to eat up the, the plant. Not that alone. He sent what? Hot wind again over Jonah. So what are you passing through? What is your job situation look like? What is going on? That you are thinking, after all, God, last week I got promotion. Why is my boss behaving like this? Our God is God. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. His message is on end. It's forever. If he make rain, then he will make dry season. You cannot query him. So God appoints a plant over Jonah. At the same time, after some hours, a worm came up and ate it up. And what happened? Brother Ridon. And wished in himself to die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. Again, Jonah was angry. Are you angry with God when your job is going the other direction? God see the end from the beginning. When your job is going to the other direction, are you seeing the end? No. He knows where he's taking you to. He knows where he's taking you to. Praise the Lord. So God, he does what pleases him. And Jonah was annoyed. And God asked him the question again. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the God? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the God, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? Can you see now? Jonah loved the plant and he did not love what God was doing with Ninevite. Praise the Lord. The same God that appointed the plant also sent the worm and the scorching wind. The real question for us is do you really love God when he gives you what you want. 
Because the, what we can see from Jonah's life is that when God gave him what he wanted, he loves him. But when God forgave those Ninevites, he was not happy. Are you like that? Do you love only one God? Do you love God when all things are going well with you? Is that the only time that you love God? Remember what is in the book of Romans 5, 3 to 5. Not only this, but we also rejoice in suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance character, and character hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of because the love of has been poured out in our heart through the Holy Spirit which was given to us. Praise the Lord. So brethren, whatever be the situation you are going through, consider it joyful. Consider this trial to be an encounter for your promotion. Consider this present situation that you are passing through now as the next step for you. And God will surprise you in Jesus' name. So, like I said, do you only love God when things are going well? Do you only love God when the sun is shining? Or do you only love God when the storm of life is crashing down on you? Do you want me to tell you what I think is going on in the book of Jonah, like I've been telling you. In chapter 3, God saved Ninevites. In chapter 4, God is, was in the process of saving Jonah. I'm telling you, brethren, your salvation is now. In the mighty name of Jesus. God wants to be in charge of you. He wants you to be more like him. God wants you to be on the same page with him. Don't be like Jonah. Don't be like him. He wants you to be on the same page with him. Philippians 2, 12b to 13. He says, Work out your salvation with, with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Or, in the book of Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renew of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And perfect. So God is always at work in our life. He is not finished with us yet. If you are thinking your present situation or your job is one way or the other, God is not finished with you. Amen. He's taking you to a higher place. Amen. He's taking you up Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. He wants to be in charge of you. He wants to take over. God knows how to deal with wicked sinners. He also knows how to save them. He saved those that are on the same page with him as well. Even when, we de when you derail, he will try to bring you back. He can bring circumstances just to draw your attention. Just to draw your attention. Just to bring you back on the same page with him. So our God is ready to transform each and every one of us. He's ready to change our life. All we have to know is that we have to remain on the same page with God. We have to remain on the same page with him. He is the potter we are the clay. God is, the, is in the process of molding us in his own image. Look, Jonah's story ends with question. It ends with question in chapter 4. Brother, the last verse. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern 
between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? Oh, thank you, brother. He said, should I not be concerned about that great city? Should I not love that people? The answer, of course, is yes. So who are the people we are talking about now? God is always concerned about the people. Let's look at Jonah first. Jonah, the great difference between Jonah and God. God loves people. Jonah only loved the plant. He did not love those people. He wanted them destroyed. Jonah was more concerned about his comfort when he was, wait, when he was waiting for that city to be destroyed. But God is not like that. Even for the fact that God asked him questions and refused to answer. And when that place to stay and be expecting God to destroy that city, God still have mercy on him. So God also have mercy on you. So, the story of Jonah, it left us wondering because we don't know what happened at the end of the day. It was not recorded in Jonah. What happened to Jonah? It leaves us to be wondering and to be hoping that Jonah have a change of mind. There are, here are other things we learn from the book of Jonah. God loves people. That's one of the things that we learn from that book. God loves the people in Nineveh. Brethren, he loves people in Muscat. Right? He loves people in Asia. He loves people in Africa. He loves people in Europe. In America, he loves everyone there. Nineveh is people. Nineveh is that cleaner that you see in mall when you go there. Do you love him? Do you love her? Nineveh is that guy next to you in line when you kill in Lulu. It is the people you see around you. They are the Nineveh. Do you love them? God loves people. Do you love them? Nineveh is that your relative that is not saved and you refuse to talk to him. You should not allow him to perish. You should bring him back to the God. Praise the Lord. So God's plans is for people to be saved. That is what we learn from that book of Jonah. No alternative. God's plan for people is to be saved. And God will only use people to ensure that people are saved. Jonah was to be used for the, the Ninevites and God prepared no plan B. The assignment God has given unto you. He's not preparing any plan B. You are the assignment and you will achieve it in Jesus' name. Amen. God may use situation to get your attention if you are not if you are trying not to listen to him. God can use any situation to draw your attention. So God's willing have to come to pass. It must come to pass. God doesn't care whatever it takes. He took those merchants to love to, 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 to lost their, their, their goods. But they also they were saved because they repented. And Nineveh was saved. Brethren, like I said, no plan B. God wants you to perfect that assignment that he has given unto you. Don't be stubborn. Don't be rebellious. You need to come willingly. And he will, he will, he will direct your path. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. For God so loved the world. He gave us his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. Many books in the Bible mention about the city of Nineveh. Like I said, the two books of, there are two books in, 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 in Bible, the Jonah and the book of Nahum. Both books end with question. I want you to go and read when you get home. Both books end with question. We know the question that Jonah, end, Jonah book end with. The book of Jonah is dedicated to the salvation of Nineveh. Why the book of Nahum is dedicated to the destruction of Nineveh? 
The book of Jonah is a testimony of God's mercy and grace. It's a testimony of God's mercy and, and grace. Why the book of now is a testimony of God's judgment. If you have not read it before, please go there and read and see. So this afternoon, brethren, are you on the same page with God? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? I urge you to repent of all your sins and everything that you are doing that can destroy you from gaining entrance to that eternity. A time is coming when God will stop extending the opportunity of salvation. And only God knows that time. Nobody knows. Brethren, it is for you to be on the same page with God. It's for you to obey God. It's for you as a Christian, which means you must be like a uh, like Christian. As a Christian, you must be like Christ. If you are not like Christ, then you are not on the same page with God. Like I said earlier, Noah was on the same page with God. He built the ark of God. Enoch was on the same page with God. We, have, we had it last week. He walked with God. Jacob was on the same page with God. He was blessed. Joseph was on the same page with God. He overcome, overcame all his trial. Moses also was on the same page with God. He led Israel out of Egypt. Samson was on the same page with God. He defeated Philistines. David was on the same page with God. He defeated Goliath. Daniel was on the same page with God. He was delivered from lion's den. What can we say about you? What can we talk about you? The Lord is good all the time. He has that mercy to give you. All you need to do is to repent and allow him to walk in you. All these lessons from Jonah, hold it in your right hand and keep it safe. And may God bless you in Jesus' name. Were you blessed by that word of God? Were you blessed by the word of God? Okay, then there is a question for you to answer. Are you on the same page as God? Are you on the same page as God? You need to answer that question. I need to answer that question. So let's stand as we bring the service to a close. But that is the question which we need to talk to God right now. Am I on the same page as you? Am I on the same page as God? If we are on a different page, it's disaster. We have got to be on the same page of God, as God. Now remember, God had only one plan as far as the world was concerned. And that is stated very clearly in Luke chapter 19 verse 10. Luke chapter 19 verse 10. If you've got your Bibles, please open it to Luke chapter 19 verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was the task. It's not about our material possessions. It's not about our positions at work. It's not about whether we have a visa or we don't have a visa. It's whether we have brought the message to the Ninevites in our midst. Who is the Ninevite next to you? Are you going to be a Jonah or do you want to be John the Baptist? That's what God is asking us today. The message was the same. Repent. There is an Ninevite next to you. Have you taken the word as John the Baptist would have taken the word? Or are you saying, 
it doesn't matter where this guy goes. I don't want him in heaven with me. Is that what you're saying? That's what Jonah said. I want to go to heaven, but I don't want this guy to come to heaven. I don't want the Ninevites to come to heaven. But Jonah's life ended with a question. Where do you stand today? Talk to God right now. That's the message today. Talk to God right now. Are you on the same page as God? Talk to God right now. This is the year of harvest. And God has given us these instructions. Tests and trials will come. As it says in Judges chapter 3, verse 1. Now these are the nations which the Lord left that he might test Israel by them. That is all those who had not known any of the wars in Canaan. And in verse 4 it says, And they were left that God might test Israel by them to know whether they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. So if there are te tests and trials and tribulations, these are tests. God still wants to know whether you and I will obey him. Because it is God who takes us through these tests. But we need to obey God. And the instruction given to us at the beginning of this year is very simple. This is the year of harvest. Church, pray. Is it simply right for us to come and sit week after week and not do what the Lord wants us to do? Father, thank you, Lord, that you have asked us this question this day, Lord, whether we are on the same page as you. Father God, so very often we aren't, Lord. But Father God, none of us want to go the way of Jonah, Lord. Father God, we don't want to have that question mark at the end of our names, Lord. Father God, you have given us tasks to do, Lord. And all you desire from us is obedience, Lord. And obedience to your word. Father God, I pray, Lord, that every one of us will realize the power of obedience. The power to, of obedience to you, Lord Father. Because it is in that obedience that we can take our next steps, Lord. Father God, so very often we have been disobedient, even if we don't want to say it. We have done our own things, Lord. We have not gone to the Ninevites as you have asked us to go. But we have desired that the Ninevites be destroyed. But Father God, while you brought salvation to the Ninevites in that story that we just read, there is a question mark on Jonah, Lord. Father God, I don't want my future to be a question mark, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you have asked us this question today. Where repentance is needed, help us to change our minds, Lord. Help us to seek your face, Lord. Help us to understand your heart, Lord Father. Help us to be obedient unto you, Lord Father. And help us, Lord, to be the kind of people you want us to be, Lord Father. Father God, you have used so many people for your kingdom purposes, Lord. But every one of them has brought your word to the people, Lord Father. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that every one of us here use us, Lord Father, by taking your word across to the people, Lord. But touch our hearts first, Lord. Father God, let our thoughts, let our walk be on the same page as you, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for this powerful word which you have brought to us through him, Lord. 
Pray, Lord, that you will anoint him the more, Lord Father. That even as he brings more of your word unto us, Lord Father, we will know your heart better, Lord. Father, we pray, Lord, that your hands of blessing and provision will be upon your servant and his family, Lord. That you will meet them at their points of need, Lord. Father, be with every one of us, Lord. And Father God, as we step out of this hall, Lord, help us to ask and answer that question, Lord, whether we are on the same page as you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.